0: Alright, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fuck stirs? Did I say that? No. How could I there's only th- I did three. I can't remember. I'm losing it. How's it going? How are you? Is everything alright? This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. If you're new here, uh just hang out. You'll get used to it. We've got plans, man. Brendan's coming out here. We're gonna go see some wrestling. He's gonna try to get me to lock in. We got big wrestling days ahead this Wednesday. We're doing a thing. There's some one of the wrestlers was over at uh, the comedy store the other night. I think they do a wrestling podcast in the basement there. But even though I was on Glow for three seasons, yeah, I I, I understand uh, wrestling for the most part. But uh, Brendan wants to get me to feel it with my heart, man. Cat Williams. I talked to Cat Williams today. Now, Cat Williams is just a, a monster stand up inarguably one of the best. The specials are always chaotic and and uh, alive and uh, uh, ballsy. Uh, but he's also an actor. He won an Emmy a few years ago for his guest starring role on Atlanta, which we did, we did not talk about at all. Zero. I was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect. I was a bit nervous. But he was very kind of a uh, level man. I really thought we would be, you know, I would have to strap in. But Cat was level. You know, I'm not sure if he was putting one over on me, but he was uh, relaxed, focused, <laughs> and, I was, and I was ready to go. I didn't know what I was going to get into, but we had a nice talk about stand-up comedy, how he got into it, you know, what, uh, what his um, journey was in the form, and it was great. It was uh, truly great to talk to Cat Williams. I've been waiting a long time to do it. I didn't know if it, it was ever going to happen. I was nervous to do it, and we did it. And uh, it was uh, a good time. Good talk. But uh, I tell you, man, i just been home. I've been, you know, risking my life a bit. Taking some chances. Unnecessary chances, people. Why do we do it? Why do I do it? Why do I got to put that in the we? Why do I have to... Take it to the edge. Do you know what I'm saying? I guess I have that in my personality, but, you know, there's limited means with no drugs, no booze. You know, you can only, you know, you can only like you can do it with uh, driving a car fast (laughs) (laughs) or uh, Um, I don't know. Eating yourself to death is a slow go. But what happened the other day is that we had a torrential downpour here. And I am, my brain, there's always part of my brain that is actively concerned uh, and at the edge of panic. I guess in between concern and panic is chronic worry that is just kind of always percolating in my brain about something. It seems to need to be. And during the torrential downpour, which was gnarly and beautiful, man. When Southern California gets water, I don't care if it if it comes down in, in you know, like, like tanks of water. I don't, I don't care if, if it's incomprehensible how much water is coming down. I'm in it. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm excited about it. We need fucking water here always because we need to grow out the underbrush. So, you know, in a few weeks it can dry out and provide kindling for when the fires come. That's what we do here. Just uh, fires and rain. No in-between. But anyway, so it's a torrential downpour. And, of course, I'm in the house, and I'm laying there, and I'm like, "Are my what's? why is that water coming off the top of the house like that? I can hear it. It seems odd. Are my gutters fucked up? Are my rain gutters fucked up? Now, look. Even if the rain gutters are fucked up, doesn't matter. What's the worst that could happen? I, I, my roof has got a good pitch to it. There's no water going to come in the house, but the gutter might fall down if it's clogged up or fucked up. But that was the worst that could happen. But I'm like, I got to get out there. I got to get the ladder up there. I got to get the big ladder, go up to the high part of the roof and check that fucking gutter. So I'm out there in the downpour, nobody around. Nobody to help hold the ladder at the bottom. I'm like, I got to do it. I couldn't stop myself from doing it. Kit said, like, don't be dumb. Wait. You know, so uh, let me be there so I can hold the ladder, whatever. And I'm like, all right, no problem. But I'm out in it. And some of you may remember years ago when I was with Jessica, I fell off the ladder. You know, pretty good. Pretty good fall. Didn't hurt myself. Lucked out. And you know, you know, man, anytime, you know, you're, you're getting a ladder, in the rain, it's it's not going to go a great place. The odds are not with you, really. But, I, you know, I got focused, man. I got, I needed to do it because I think ultimately it has something to do. Sure, I was worried about the gutter, but there was, a, you know, but there's another part of me that's sort of like, man, let's take it to the edge. Let's live, man. Don't hold back. Go out there. We're in the mud. Get that fucking ladder. Be a dumb man go out there and do the dumb man thing. Put the ladder up, no support, no help. Climb up there in the rain and look at that fucking gutter and, and just see what happens. See if you fall down. See if you take the gutter down with you. See if you end up in a fucking wheelchair, stupid. But all that aside, the gutter was really clogged with roofing stuff and with leaves and uh, I tried to to get as much done as I could. I brought a hose up there, yeah. So I'm on the ladder that's at an angle, kind of against the building, but also leaning a bit. And I pull a hose up there, so I'm really, I'm really kind of riding the edge, man. And uh, I, I survived. Thank you very much. I did it. I did it. I get the dum dum award, and I don't even know if I fixed anything. So that was uh, that was something. I I'm just telling you because I I, I feel ashamed of my decision to go ahead and do it and then to tell kit like i did it and i'm okay but you don't get any you you just you did something stupid and you got away with it it's not like you know oh good i'm glad you fixed that it's like you fucking idiot all right well did you learn anything yeah i i learned that you know uh it's you know it's it's it could go either way up there man And, and i made it through Dumb ladder, man. That's me. So, yeah, I've been doing a lot of stuff around the house, a lot of stuff unfolding. I, there is this element of, like, what do I have coming up? What do I have coming up? What do I have coming up? And it's really just the podcast and whatever I'm making of my comedy life. But oh, this Saturday, Largo, um, um, the band, we're going to play. We got. A, I think we got a pretty good lineup of songs. I'm thinking maybe we'll do an interesting version of Sympathy for the Devil. I know it's hack- but I want it I can get behind it, man. I can get behind it. i've been I've been watching film noirs. and I don't think I ever put the time in to really appreciate them. like I've I have a few favorites, but they it's not because I've watched a hundred of them. It's just because those are the ones that locked in. and for most of my life, I just couldn't get past the language or the stilted dialogue. I just, I, I i could appreciate it and I understood they were important in the context of the history of film, but I couldn't connect with them for some reason. And now I am all of a sudden. I can't even explain it. But I, it might have something to do with Alan Ladd and Veronica Lake. They're just, I'm watching them on the Criterion Channel. I watched The Glass Key. I watched uh, Gun for Hire. I watched uh, I'm in the middle of Blue Dahlia. And I'm just sort of, it's ridiculous that I'm like, oh my God, this Alan Ladd guy's really good. Has anyone seen this Alan Ladd guy? Does anyone know this Veronica Lake actress? I mean, she's really got something. People should pay attention to Veronica Lake. She, I think she's going to be something. But man, I'm just getting into these movies. And then like William Bendix is, uh, is in two of them. I think he's in The Glass Key and he's in The Blue Dahlia. He plays a heavy, I believe, in The Glass Key and in The Blue Dahlia he plays one of the guys. He plays a guy with a plate in his head. Now, I know the face and I know the name William Bendix but I didn't know, I don't know that I've, if I've ever really paid attention to him in the movie. And the reason I know his face is because when I was a little kid, I would say 11 or 12 years old, I had a book called Immortals of the Screen. It was a hardcover book, a coffee table book, and it was just pictures and biographies of mostly silent and early film actors. And I can remember the pictures in those books, and I memorized the faces of these actors, and I knew a lot of them. You know, Tyrone Power, William Bendix was in there, Humphrey Bogart, uh, Bacall, uh, Marie Dressler from The Silence... It was a, an odd bunch of studio players, all in black and white. But I was obsessed with it. But I never really got obsessed with old movies. I was only obsessed with the pictures of these old movie stars. It's a bizarre thing, but it was a real thing. I could name, like, Lionel Barrymore uh, by face. It was a bizarre obsession that did not lead to an obsession with old movies. Um, But it stuck with me. And when I saw William Bendix, who is great, great character actor, I was like, I know that guy. I know that guy's face because I looked at that book constantly when I was a kid. And today I went online and I found it came out. I think it came out in like 1965, that book. And I found a few copies with the uh, dust jacket intact. And I bought one for $15 because it was such an an integral part of my past in some weird way, my weird obsession with black and white film actors without being obsessed with black and white film. There was something about the notion of movie star and specifically these black and white pictures. I'm not sure, I cannot tell you why, but apparently I've come full circle and I'm now able to watch these actors that I was obsessed with when I was like 11 or 12 years old in a book. And I don't know if this means I'm going to die or that it's some close or it was just destiny. It's just time. It just only took 47 years for me to lock in. But uh, the book is coming in the mail and it might be a portent of doom (laughs) of something bad or good that I'm getting this book after so many years. Look, you guys, um, Cat Williams, it was an honor to, uh, to meet him, to have him in here. And, uh, he's got a tour coming up. His, uh, 2023 and me tour kicks off this week, Friday, January 13th in Tampa. Go to catwilliamslive.com for tour dates. That's, uh, K A T T Williams. Locations and tickets all are there. catwilliamslive.com. And uh, this is me talking to the, uh, the uh, singular Cat Williams. So, what are you doing, man? You, you're already going out with a new, totally new hour. Oh yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I just watched every season. I watched the last one. So when was that when was uh, World War Three taped?
1: Um last for the World War Three tour. Yeah. yeah. So this is twenty twenty three and me. Yeah. So, yeah. Mhm.
0: Where where do you work it out? The material? Yeah. I mean like do you do do you still do clubs? How do you do it? Or you just no. lay it out and then hit the and hit the, the arenas and the big theaters and do it that way?
1: yeah but i'm I'm kind of doing it like a basketball player, where you know they're practicing every day, and yeah, so I'm putting in the same amount of time. I just don't have the pressure of theft hanging over my head every time I'm trying to go a different direction. What do you mean? I mean, um, there's this thing where People want to know what I'm saying oh, right. and what I'm talking about right. and what I'm discussing and yeah. what I'm pondering. Right. So I don't get the benefit of that um, three or four month period where I can work it out, hone something to um, where I'm trying to get it to. It's already just gone and right, right. Yeah. So,
0: so where do you you just work it out like in your
1: head? No, 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 I, I um i I physically do the complete um show, every part, um because i that's what I was getting out of working out the material. Yeah. I'm trying to find out at what point do I make the physical gesture, at yeah, what yeah. point um, you know, right, how, sure, yeah. am I okay with them not really understanding that that part was a joke too, until later, or, yeah, so a lot of it is, you know, Blocking and stuff I learned from Hollywood, yeah, and, yeah, and figuring that part out and and then trying to um, deliver it. But yeah, it it doesn't. I miss it. I miss working out, but I get way more done when it's. So you go? Will you, will you just like pace and talk in your house? Yeah, I'll, I'll make any. I'll make any 20foot area the stage. Do you make people
0: sit down and watch or you no, do it? No.
1: You just do it yourself? Yeah, I'm saying there are times when there are um,
0: comedians around yeah. for
1: the passage of it as I, as I work it
0: through, but yeah, do you got guys you like trust and work with? Uh, do you, you hang out with guys who will help you uh, punch it up or no? Or is it all you? That was the day when
1: I realized you could trust guys. I never even thought of that. <laughs> well, <laughs> women can barely be trusted, and they're the only thing I, you can trust. I, I, um, yeah, I, well, I mean, I'm, I I can't say that I trust a ton of people. Uh, well, I, I, trust, I trust the comedy conversation. Yeah. And so I, I trust the audience that I'm going to be in
0: front of and— um, Do you make changes on the spot, even on the big shows? Do you improvise much? Yeah, you got to, right? Yeah, you make. It's the best. It's the best. Yeah, a change is is only a betterment.
1: So yeah, yeah.
0: Like I I shot an HBO special a week and a half, two weeks ago in New Mm -hmm. York, and there are things that happened that night that didn't happen any other time, and those are the best things. They're the best because it's like a gift. You don't know where the fuck it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's delivered to you, and you're like. Oh, shit. You can't, you know, it's one of those. I don't know uh, how you work, but like, if I'm in a situation where I didn't get the laugh I wanted, that's when the brain is going to do something and you don't know where it comes from, but it's going to save you and get you right. that laugh. Right. And there it is. And it, I love that. It's the best. Right. You work shit for a year, and then that one thing that happens that took two seconds, that's the best part of the special.
1: I love it when. Um it hits the audience funny and it hits you funny yeah, at the same time even though you wrote it and even sure. though
0: you knew it was going to yeah where you de- where you you don't always know how it's going to go right and then when you have that moment where it's like kind of like synchronicity and things yeah. just yeah it's great but i don't mm-hmm. know like i like i've been watching you for years and you seem you seem calmer is it age you seem more no. grounded.
1: No, yeah, all
0: of that's a, all of that's a mirage, all of that's a farce.
1: Um, yeah, so um, I was dealing with enemies, um, and it just so happened in my particular case that yeah. uh, the the group of people that was conspiring against me was my people. So you know how in Hollywood you have your group, you yeah. have your camp. I right? tried. I tried to limit that to one. Right. I tried to make mine the smallest, most um, uh, logical yeah. uh, team possible. Right. And found myself in a situation where um, my parents was against me. My assistant. My first cousin that was taking helping me take care of my kids the accountant the uh agent everybody got indicted for what and so what were they doing? I, I was dealing with that for a whole 7 year period oh my god that was just literal living hell and um, what were they
0: doing taking money
1: $56 million, the IRS says, is what they made off with as a total haul. Um, oh yeah, God. it was—but um, it—and they were—more importantly than that, the money didn't really matter yeah. because you can't see what you can't touch. Right. But—but— um, but, uh, the assassination that they helped happen to my character Betrayal. was the most damaging, just because they were painting this picture where you know this guy's erratic and he's always in trouble and he's always in this. And the people that know me know that you know that's not even a part of my character. Like if I don't kill it, I let it live. Like right? I'm I'm not a messy individual. Like it's it would be very difficult. So people think yeah you look better and you've changed everything right. you seem calmer is it yeah. i literally have made no changes i'm still smoking as much weed as i always was i haven't cut down on anything it's just when you get um toxic people out of your life like it's, you a, new, it's a new lease on life kind of like if you got a terrible tooth right and um you get that out like
0: it changes everything so, but, and also I imagine if you're under that much pressure and you're not sure what the hell is going on for a little while, and then when, even when you find out what's going on, you know, then yeah, how are you not going to be crazy? How are you not going to be angry? How are you not going to be, you know, trying to fight for your life?
1: Yeah, it's a, it was a, um, a desperate situation just because, um, for the majority of the time I'm thinking it's the feds doing it. Oh, really? So I'm you know, because a lot of the things are impossible. Like nobody knows I'm going there. Right. So okay. how do I go there and end up in jail for fighting a guy with a swastika on his forehead? And why is that not on the news? And yeah. why are people acting like I Like it's all yeah, you like I'm some type of uh troublemaker, you know, and I'm getting my I'm in the business, I'm getting my blood pulled every month. <laughs> Everybody knows. Yeah. I've never tried any drugs other than weed and nicotine. Yeah. So it was just an odd thing to have to deal with um character wise. Yeah. But um yeah. But you're through it. Once you get uh yeah, once it, you get
0: the cancer out. Yeah, it's settled. Everybody Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you have a new lease on your brain, freedom. Right. Life. Right, right,
1: Because I, I you know, I, I wake up happy every day. Yeah. So anything that took me off of that was kind of weird for me.
0: Well, it's like it's terrible when you know something's a, a, a foot or a rye or, or something you can't explain. It just causes all that fucking anxiety
1: all the time. Yeah. And once you know that you're already under federal investigation, it means you can't hurt anybody either. It's a really <laughs> So you were under federal investigation when you were being screwed by your people. Oh, yeah, because the whole time they didn't think that I was being screwed. They thought that I was a uh, criminal mastermind.
0: Oh, and it was really a- being able to up. La- able to
1: launder this much, and it was only after about five years of their investigation that they realized, wait a minute, why would he be laundering his money? Right.
0: So do you, what happens with your parents? They're out? I mean, do you oh, talk to them? Oh, no, they're still them? here. But they're, do you talk to them?
1: They're great people.
0: Oh, they are? So you forgave them? Um,
1: yeah, I think that's about as close as we can say.
0: Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. All right. But when, like, I guess, like, I I don't know, like, we didn't come up in the same comedy worlds. But we did.
1: Because I was a fan of yours. Because I, um, dark comedy is, like, my favorite genre. That's the best. And, um.
0: You're the last of that. Really. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <clears throat> <clears throat> right. I try to keep it I try to keep it as dark as I talk yeah. about that in the new special pretty specifically.
1: It's what I enjoy. Like it's yeah. it's the really the no shortcut, the real raw essence of stand up.
0: Right. And it's also the, the, the most for me, like if you have that in you, if you if you resonate with the dark comedy you know you the the amount of uh power it has to to make sense for you and to ease your your heart and mind around shit that is horrendous yeah it's that's the whole thing man Mm -hmm. i mean i watched fuck man i was watching someone the other night who the hell was it it's like they're just doing jokes and the jokes are fine and there's still part of me that's like why can't i just do the jokes Right. And, and you, you know what it's like. You know, yeah. when you write those jokes and you do a joke, it's like, all right, well, that worked. I don't need to do it anymore, ever. Like, jokes are not satisfying if right. they don't go deep, you know? Right. Like, I'm talking about that on the new special. And I specifically talk about darkness and comedy. And I said uh, the line is, well, I might burn it for the special, but I just, say, I just say, look, you know, there had to be some incredibly funny, funny people in Auschwitz. <laughs> I mean Ugh, how, I said how could right. how could there not be they were all Jews are you going to tell me there wasn't one guy that was like you're going to go watch Murray tonight he does all the Nazis fucking hilarious and as a
1: black comic like yeah just the thought of being able to do that yeah <laughs> you should have seen the football team we lost in slavery exactly we killed everyone
0: yeah, well, you do that, too. That Harry, that Harriet Tubman <laughs> bit in the last special, that's crazy.
1: Right, but, you know, half of my special was deemed um, too controversial, and so I took half of the special out and the last one? replaced it with... Um, um, sex material because I got blowback on it. I was wondering what, what that and, was, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, I had never been in that position before because Jen, gener- uh, for the other 11 specials, yeah. I taped the special myself, Yeah, then I sell it. Right. This was the first time that I went into a contract. With Netflix? Right. Um, and they came down on you? It's not that they came down. Yeah. But... Um, they said you might want to rethink... Well, I'm saying anytime you're doing business, you yeah. get notes, right? Sure, you know? of course. Yeah, yeah. And the no, notes were that it was turned up viciously high. You know, mm. so I uh, w- around what subjects? Um, race, religion,
0: and there's a lot of that stuff still in there, <clears throat> right? But. Right. Well, let's talk about it, man. I mean, what did they tell you you couldn't do? If you can't do it, you might as well talk well, about I, it.
1: I, I didn't mean to say that they told me I couldn't no, do it.
0: No, but they, they... I still could have done it. Right. I but you chose to, neg- to, uh, to compromise. Um, <clears throat> I
1: prepared the material to be vicious. Yes. And... Um, I couldn't get the right amount of fluff in there. So it's kind of going back to what you were saying. Yeah. Like, like balance is key. So yeah. even if you're a dark sure. comic, you right. still need that um, light yeah. airiness yeah. in there. That, right. that goofy's gotta come from somewhere. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, I was just, that particular piece as I wrote it was just. Blew out the whole special. Right. I get it. Yeah.
0: So no amount of Goofy was going to under, it was going to balance that out. Yeah. Well,
1: once I got to that certain point where I made that transition, I doubled down and I started really going at stuff. Yeah. um, Yeah. Like the fact that um, Solomon Gomorrah was burnt down, not because of homosexuality, but because
0: of nastiness. Uh Uh-huh
1: a city full of men
0: Uh uh-huh yeah yeah (laughs) right so that they thought that was too much
1: no it's just that there were 10 of them back to back to back yeah and i was all pretty much the
0: biblical stuff a riff on the
1: i I was uprooting some
0: firmly held beliefs it's the best yeah it's the best yeah it's it's you know and i don't even know why i do it but if you it it, we must be similar in that it's like I feel like I have to do it, especially now, being a Jew, you know, like, I just like pushing Christian buttons. Why wouldn't I? If I I want to... Yeah, you killed Christ. Of course. Well, did we? you have to push the buttons? Right. I'm saying. I used to do a bit, though. uh, I used to do a bit where I'd say... uh, Did we? I don't think so. I think that's... (laughs) He's a Christ (laughs) denier. (laughs) A crucifixion denier. Well, I used to say, uh, I say, look, man, you should thank us. You shouldn't be mad at us. If he doesn't die, you don't have much of a story. At all. (laughs) At all, (laughs) nothing happens, man. Yeah. So you lived in SAC.
1: Yeah. So comedically, um, where'd you start? I didn't want to. I kind of started in Oklahoma City comedically, um, just because it was the first place I got paid to do comedy. Of all places, there's barely a comedy scene there. Yeah, crackers. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. But where'd you? Br- brick cr- place. But so I. It was a competition. Okay. So I won the competition. But the part of the competition was I got to open up for these comedians on their tour. Uh huh. So I lit. I didn't work a circuit. Like I literally went from this competition to now I'm on the road with Richard Jenny and Steve Marmell and Jeff Foxworthy and Dan Whitney, who turns out to Dude, be Larry cable guy. the Cable guy. Yeah, yeah.
0: That was who you. Were with yes that is the whitest bus i ever heard
1: yeah but that's that was the group and so steve marmel you the wow. cartoon god wow steve marmel and his big head he's probably got 50 cartoons
0: really like is that what he you does
1: got, are you kidding he is the writer creator guy on maybe 35 of the most influential cartoons
0: of the last 10, 15 years. I remember when you did stand-up. are These guys that I knew as stand-ups, I don't know what the hell they do. But wait, so go back. So where'd you grow up?
1: Um, So I was born in Cincinnati Cincinnati. and raised in Dayton, Ohio.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Dayton, Ohio. Ohio. So... You didn't do comedy until
1: later? Yeah, I didn't do comedy during any of that point. Well, I left home at 13. 13? About 15, I did stand-up at a comedy competition because I was too young to be at a club. Where at? uh, In Ruskin, Florida, which is outside of Tampa. So you were living in Florida? At that time, mm mm-hmm. So you
0: left your house in Dayton at 13. Went to
1: Miami. Did you have family there? No, no. I I went to a truck stop in Dayton when I left, and... um, I was just asking all the truck drivers where they were going, trying to find somewhere warm. I needed a guarantee it wasn't gonna snow because I'm yeah. from Ohio. And uh yeah. I picked the Miami truck. Why'd you uh why'd you
0: leave at thirteen?
1: Uh, because I thought Jesus did. And I, I I didn't I didn't really run away like it it was um not a good situation for my parents and myself. We yeah. were just kind of had a um
0: a stand uh <laughs>
1: A, a place stand. where I needed to either live a double life or not. and Meaning what? At 13, I wasn't really prepared for it. So, you know, if your parents are religious okay. and you decide that you're not going to follow the religion of okay. your parents. Right. And you're going to make it obvious to everybody that you, you don't. Right. Um, yeah. And then you'd have to put up with their wrath. Well, we had already, we were past that. Oh. Yeah. We were. Which religion? We were after
0: Wrath. Oh, yeah. The so After a, Wrath. The After Wrath. Yeah. That's the next special. Yeah, they were Jehovah's Witness. They were Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. That's a pretty. Still re- are. Restrictive business, isn't it? Uh, religiously. Yeah. A, as a child, it's about as restrictive as possible. What is it? The, so they're still Jehovah's Witness. They are. That's the Watchtower, right? That is. Okay. So mm-hmm. you were brought up with, in that until you were 13. And then split. Right. You didn't want to live the life. It's kind of culty, is it? Would you say?
1: I I honestly didn't, at that point in my life, really have a um, problem with the religious side of it. Because I knew that they were saying some things that nobody else was saying. And some of the things they were saying were true. Like Like what? Well, like the fact that Jesus wasn't born on december 25th and in no way was that the timing of it and um he didn't look like he had been presented and you know just a lot of facts that all of these holidays are related to things that pagan people were already doing at that time and then it was just co-opted by christianity oh that's right so they don't do the holidays Right, yeah. birthdays yeah. or holidays or any of that.
0: Well, that's interesting because that kind of informs your uh, your sort of uh, kind of nose for hypocrisy, right? That like a, that that set into motion. Yeah, the few things that you took from that religion as being honest as made you realize that things needed to be investigated,
1: right? And that that there was a. I, I mean, at five years old, I knew that there was. Uh, business where if you told something that wasn't the truth, it could be as popular and as profitable as the actual truth itself. So you knew that at five around there. Yeah, because I, you know, I'm only, I'm only reading um, nonfiction. I'm only, you know, I'm still, I'm studying the Bible earnestly. Like God is my only friend, you know? Yeah that type of sure. upbringing so I didn't like I never watched horror movies or I like I've still never seen like <clears throat> anything yeah like you know you just were or exorcist or you weren't interested or you weren't allowed I, 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 I um I I know that I wasn't allowed right but I also wasn't interested because I wasn't allowed so I was you know those were back in the days where PBS and National Geographic or yeah. all-day sure. program.
0: Well, that's interesting because that, too, in and of itself, the idea that you, you're you not allowed so you weren't interested is, is also another kernel of what you push back against. Right. You know, that right. these themes that were planted in you as somebody who didn't want to be part of the religion, mm-hmm. you know, eventually kind of drove your intellectual spirit. Yeah, I never... It was never,
1: I was never making a religious decision. It wasn't yeah. that I didn't want to be a part of the religion. I knew that I was going to do things that were going to make me not part of it. Right.
0: So, so you wanted so, to have the freedom to do that.
1: Look, I- even at a young age, if you tell me I can't have sex until I'm married, yeah, I'm probably going to have a problem with that. Sure. Yeah. Like right, I, right. I, I most people do. Then they lie about it. I don't know how I'm going to marry the first person I sleep with. Yeah. I don't get it.
0: Right. Well that, that that's long behind you, cat.
1: Right. But, <laughs> but
0: with, this time. this was
1: a 13-year-old discussion <laughs> yeah. and I had just reached this illustrious height that you see before yeah. Yeah. you. You know, I'm a big tall strapping young fella out there, you know. <laughs> Can't be held down by religion.
0: But so when you get on a truck yeah, and you go to Florida. You right. get out and do what? You're 13. That's a little man, right? Right. But I'm I. I
1: only have dress clothes. Yeah. Um, I have a full mustache. Okay. I don't have a beard, but I have a full mustache. I got on a white shirt. I got on a tie. I got on slacks. I got on a belt. Dress shoes. Um, I'm presentable. Yeah. Um, and I'm smoking a cigarette. Right. So. In passing, it doesn't strike you that this is a thirteen-year-old. It just strikes you this is a little guy. So, what did you do when you got there? Um, he had to drop me in the warehouse kind of yeah. district because they were doing tomato pallets. Yeah. So, w- my point is, where I got out, there was no residential area. Yeah, so, right. I just immediately had to start moving. Yeah. So, I um, I walked. Uh, over the course of a week through Opalaka and Carroll City and all through parts of Miami. In your dress Hialeah. shoes? Hialeah. In your dress I'm shoes? Very comfortable. I okay. did everything and I'm never fine. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> and got all the way to C- Coconut Grove yeah. and that's where I stayed. It was in Coconut Grove. And what'd you, how'd you live? Um. I had a pretty good existence. I was in the woods, so sleeping outside, but it was kind of a little homeless encampment there. Mm Um, But for eight hours, I would go across to the library there in Coconut Grove, and I would study for eight hours. And before I would go in there, there was this restaurant I would go by, and I would um, sweep and mop their floors, do the windows, bust the tables, whatever hadn't been done from the following night. And instead of paying me, they would let me eat there free. So when you saw me I was in this five-star restaurant having dinner you know at a, <laughs> yeah so I worked that arrangement out in a couple places so I was eating super well and uh, that's studying. great and it was a pretty what good what were you existence.
0: studying what was the what was the project at hand
1: um I, I was doing um about 12 books a day but I'm doing them in the different
0: subjects yeah so. <sighs> getting the well-rounded
1: well, you know, this is before the iPad, so right, you, sure. you you got you have your book, and then you have these three reference books that right. it keeps taking you. Yeah, yeah, so you got to go check it out. Right, right. What were so, your interests, though? Um, um, the Life Mysteries, um, uh, Autobiographies was my yeah. f- favorite. So oh, yeah. Probably read like 3,000 of those. Really? Yeah. Just like to see this. how people did it? Yeah. 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 Whatever it was. Sure. Exactly. How they found yeah, out yeah. what
0: it yeah. what it was. Yeah. 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 People you respected, I imagine, or were curious about?
1: Just, well, most of the people, honestly, I had no idea who they were before I'm reading their right. autobiography, so I'm finding out about them. Do you remember so,
0: any of them changing
1: your life? Almost all of them. Yeah. Almost all of them. Like even um Yeah, almost all of them. Like I I was voracious just because this was this opportunity to see somebody's whole life yeah, and to have them tell you their own pitfalls and what they had to do to get out of these situations. I couldn't believe it. Like, um, you know, Winston Churchill and and Margaret Thatcher and like, you know, Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson. Just people where you're going, holy, like, you know, yeah. I, like I never really got over the Diary of Anne Frank. Yeah, it's a tough one. Like, like even as a young person, I probably read 1984, the book, yeah. probably 10 times yeah. before I had an idea of what it was. Right. You yeah. know? Yeah. Like, so I was getting all of my... It, experience out like that you know so i'm and of green gables and you know little (laughs) women and all that i'm i'm these are my real time interactions because i'm not in school i don't have 10 friends i don't have yeah brothers and sisters with me i don't you know so um
0: wow so so, well that i mean that that's sort of uh it's amazing cuz it'll feed your imagination but it'll also you know make you think in, in a different way and you weren't you weren't influenced by you know or distracted by one other kids or or people telling you how to frame everything that you're reading. Right. And the the guys that are
1: in this encampment like they're all drug addicts, right? <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing is that's my first experience Experience with drugs is this end of it. Yeah. So every person is like, "Yeah, I was a doctor for twelve years, and I was great at my practice." What happened to you? Crack. That's what happened. <laughs> I, oh, I never used that. Oh, what happened to you? I was a lawyer, the greatest lawyer. Look, this is me in the paper. I was a great lawyer. It's heroin. Oh shit. Wow. So I'm. It's. Fifteen years after that, before I realized that people are also having fun with these drugs. Well,
0: what's funny is is that those are the two sides of autobiography. You know, like right. you're reading the great people of autobiography, and then across the street, it's a very quick autobiography. I was yeah. a doctor. Yeah. Then crack got me. You're right. And
1: these guys are talking about eleven months. Yeah, that's right. Like these, they like they're not telling this story where they've been. Yeah. Yeah, well, this speed crazy. now will
0: take people out of their lives in about three weeks, this meth. Fentanyl don't need that time. No, they'll take you all the way out of your life. But the speed will make you still live. Yeah. yeah that stuff you did on that I thought was great. I really I, I thought that was great, That the idea that black people are not making these drugs. No. <laughs> in no way.
1: This shouldn't even be considered a drug. Like, fentanyl is terrorism like to insinuate drug means to insinuate that someone in the process is deriving pleasure right and fentanyl doesn't even have that it's something that you can't taste and you can't smell and it's just death yeah like that's not a drug
0: and they're putting it in everything they can put it in anything yeah
1: Right. Yeah. Like, that's what people aren't realizing. Like you don't have to be involved in anything nefarious. This is something that if it's on a piece of tissue, yeah. you can't touch the tissue. Yeah, it's that. Like this that, yeah. is.
0: Yeah, that's it, that's right.
1: It's almost pure evil in a way. It, it's literal. Like yeah, this is right. And what I'm saying is, minorities. We don't have a track record of that.
0: Mm. We're not. Eat, that wouldn't be a thing for us. Yeah, and the speed, the stuff, you, the thing you talk about, meth and about the Nazis was great. That was a great pull. I'm glad you found that information. Right, and it. Um, it's it's a funny
1: bit. If that's yeah, that's the only joy I get out of these jokes is yeah. that at some point, if if you laughed at it, yeah. that that's a easy win. But the fact that maybe, if you laughed at five things that I said, if you go back and research them, you're gonna be really proud. Like
0: you're gonna be like, yeah, oh shit, he was he did his homework right. <laughs> Wait a minute <laughs> the Hitler did make this well, the, th- like. the thing that got me about it, because like i I knew that about speed, but like the way you framed it in the comedy p- piece, which is why dark comedy is so good, is that you really think about the possibility of evil that can be done at the hands of people who are fucking out of their mind on speed, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, that shit makes people way fucking crazy. Yeah. And the sweep deprivation, all that part of it, like even though it was funny and you know, you know, when you'd pull out the ring camera, which was hilarious, because I was wondering, how's he gonna make this go? And then <laughs> and then you got the ring camera, right? right. So but <laughs> Right, You know, but but it just it did have that moment where it's like you captured this idea of just these hundreds of fucking Nazis whacked out of their brain on speed. Of course, they're going to kill everybody and not think twice about it. Of course, they're not going to have a conscience. Of course, they're going to believe in this will to power.
1: They're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because because people don't understand that atrocities are are vicious and violent on both ends like if you're the person participating in oh, the atrocity sh- okay, you're, you're not ever the same again that's right you yep. you know
0: what i mean like yeah and it also made me think like i'm very happy that the that no one's running around trying to organize our current meth problem <laughs> right <laughs> you, you know they seem to be you know out in the streets which is sad like that there you know the two sides of that atrocity is like what do you do with that how do you help that what's going to happen with that it's still people right but also there's not it doesn't seem like there's anybody doing it to uh, as a means to an end to organize people into some sort of meth army it's just to sell drugs yeah it's tragic
1: dude it is you live here it is um not anymore oh you're not living in LA no I lived here I think 16 consecutive years
0: so you're out finally yeah yeah Miami and Oh, yeah. Middle of the country. Florida? It's nice, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, you like the weather? It's not a, a weird ass
1: state. I'm a golfer. Really? And I, I um, thrive in heat. Yeah. And are kind of averse to the cold. So
0: Florida's right up my alley. So, when, you, when you're at, how do you uh, get out of the encampment with the doctors and lawyers? How do you, what, what's the next shift in your life?
1: Oh, um, well, I do some missionary work in Haiti for um, close to two years. For which, uh, for the... Just for a non-denominational. You were in Haiti for two years? Mm Mm-hmm. You just did it on, like, uh, what made you... Right before um, they ousted... um... Papa
0: Doc? Yeah. Or
1: Baby Doc. Baby Doc. Yeah, so Baby Doc is... In, yeah. and then the embassy says, you know, we can't cover anybody. And you got to get out. But right up until that point,
0: well, you were there when that happened. Or you got out just mm-hmm. before. Oh, you were there, mm-hmm. and you you had to you had to get out. Right, we stayed until you had to leave.
1: Was so. it uh, scary? Did it break into chaos? How did it? No, not 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 really. But um, yeah, Haiti is just a fascinating country. How long were and, you down there? Um, for um seventeen months. Wow. That must have been a mind blower. But in a good way though. Yeah. Yeah, it's culture shock. Yeah. For sure. And I'm in Santo, which is closer to the border of the Dominican Republic yeah. than let's say Port au Prince. So yeah. I'm still seeing the beautiful countryside and whatnot. But yeah, I got to I got to really do some some life changing things while I was out there. They were having um, children that were babies <clears throat> under a year were dying um, from dehydration. Yeah. And so I would just pack my pockets with salt, and I would just go as far as I could go, and anybody who had a young child, I'd help show them how to put the salt in the water. and you To know, clean the water? Well, it doesn't clean the water, but it, it helps the baby not grow oh. up and pass so, so that so they can maintain because the, the dehydration was from sickness? It's from it's from a combination of um things but yeah. basically it's about what happens when you have to drink dirty water. Oh. Dysentery type of things. Right. So oh. yeah, so so you're saving lives, saving babies. Well, yeah, but you know, as a teenager, I'm out there doing something helpful, and yeah. I'm out there, and I'm seeing the difference, and I'm knowing I'm doing, and I'm showing people stuff I know about irrigation, and I'm, yeah, yeah, it was magnificent. Well, you could get you could get a whole bushel of mangoes for one dollar. Yeah. I remember going, they're going to gonna start selling these in the stores.
0: They're going to be a
1: dollar. You two. saw the future right. of mangoes, yeah. of the
0: business. Yeah.
1: Anytime you travel, you learn stuff. It's you like just, mangoes, I think. They
0: show up in the last special of mangoes. I love a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I think you used the mango to describe the vagina of the Holy Grail. The other, the other thing you like, yeah. Yeah. Water and pussy.
1: Yeah. that I like that. I like that. Greatest in the universe. And I had them both today.
0: Did you? Yeah. So it's, it's been a good. full day.
1: Yeah. That's why you were late. That's what makes a good day. <laughs> That's why I made it. <laughs> That's why I made it. So you come back from uh, Haiti. Right. And come, then what? You're uh, and you're... then I'm um and then I attempt to join the Marine Corps really? and they s- so I go off to boot camp and I pass and then they reveal that uh um that i'm too young um but they give me a little ceremony cuz i i did pass you know ura but you were so, yeah. oh, you were 17 16 so, oh no yeah i hadn't even i wasn't even 16 <laughs> i wasn't even 16 i i was already i i had miscalculated it wrong i thought that you know by the time i got back i would be good but yeah. i hadn't turned 16 by the time boot camp was over but
0: but you got through boot camp Oh yeah, oh yeah. And they give you a ceremony just for for the effort.
1: Well, you know, because when you come back, everybody gets the ceremony. And right. I, I was supposed to have been probably put in the brig or court-martialed or something, but
0: yeah, they didn't treat me like that. So, well, that's interesting. What, what do you think you did these things for? Like to you know, just to to kind of get experience. Did what, did what thing? Well, I mean, like, so you, you some ca- people were robbing.
1: You know, breaking into cars and doing a lot of violent and vicious things. But all of my things have been for the betterment of me and for me to be able to experience other situations. Right. As far as the uh, Marine Corps thing... um, whatever those commercials were selling, you remember those commercials sure, sure, back in that time? Sure, yeah, yeah. Like, if you wanted to be something, if you wanted to join a gang, yeah. like, the Marines was the gang to join. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. And so... <clears throat> and now I'm back from that, and now um, I started a sales career from that point, and I was, that had me traveling the country. What were you selling? Um, well, a combination of things as time progressed, but it started off, it was um, books and magazines, mm. and then later it became um, cleaning products. So I had already... Seen all fifty states before that started. Then I started the salesman job, and now I've seen all fifty states again. Yeah, and um, then we start selling cleaner, and I've seen all fifty states again. So by the time I start in stand up, you know, I'm well versed in the road. Yeah, you know, sure, just talking to people from different regions.
0: But you're selling door to door. Door to door. Yeah. Really? Door-to-door, yeah. For like uh, like what company? Like cleaners? Like Amway stuff or was mm- it? Well,
1: nah? no, but you're not far off. Like, right. So um, initially we're selling, we got a collection of books and magazines, encyclopedias and sure. whatnot that yeah, you yeah, can yeah, yeah. purchase. And then.
0: Subscriptions and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah. yeah. And then when it goes to the cleaning products, you know, it's just like. uh Pumper's brand cleaner, yeah, that uh, will clean everything, and it's sure. concentrate. You know, it's so you just get deal. it's a
0: commission gig, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, you go pick it up at the warehouse, and you get them it's, theirs, and you right, yeah, right. Yeah, the
1: the magazine book business is commissioned, too, yeah. but yeah. you're paying the publisher,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of remember that that thing.
1: Yeah, so, so it wasn't a scam. Right. Um it was all above board and um the more you did, the more you made. And I once I understood the structure of commission and sliding
0: scale. I yeah. understood I would never I couldn't be broke again. Right. Yeah. It it, it just seems like you made the right decisions, cat, all along the way to build your sense of who you are.
1: Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. Maybe you don't do that in a perfectly loving home. Yeah, but <laughs> but you know, I I thought that that's what everybody was doing. Mm. Yeah, I thought you plan out your life. Yeah, you make sure that you hit certain things, and yeah. I was always trying to just make myself as good a man as i could be yeah. for the type of woman i thought i was going to have you know yeah. what i mean yeah. so i'm only trying to qualify in her eyes you know yeah. so
0: how'd that pan out
1: <clears throat> pretty good i um right at the time that i was getting ready to start stand up I um did pimping for a little while, but I didn't seek it out. So I was doing that door-to-door thing I was telling you about, and I yeah. was in Oklahoma. Yeah. And I knocked on this door and the door was already partly ajar. Yeah. And they were I just hear people crying and they said come in and I went in there and it was just these five ladies and they're crying hysterically. Yeah. Long story short, they were prostitutes, their pimp had just been killed in front of them. They didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. <clears throat> So I end up getting the job as the new pimp, but I don't know what it entails or what it means or any of that. But so you they to, train me on the job. The women and, do. Right. Yeah. And But in the midst of that, I got these five women that are telling me everything about all fucked up men. So they're letting me know every second of every day why men are worthless. So I'm being inundated like I'm in college, like, yeah, yeah. Like I generally, like I, I, I shiver if I don't put the toilet seat down. Like it's instinctive. Like I would never leave one up. Like
0: that, that seems like a that seems like a pretty simple lesson,
1: right? But it was all of these lessons. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. I found out. Yeah, so much. So that was. Um, so that's that, that well. That's a, a magnificent uh, learning experience.
0: Well, did, well, what's interesting about it is it's not the the regular way that someone comes into that job for sure. And and it sounds like you know that your your intentions were not the same as the sort of way we hear people going into that job. Right. That you were sort of brought in by these women who were grieving. Yeah. And and needed some management.
1: Right, and they and, and I didn't, like, I couldn't even do it the way other people did. Like, I never once drove and put them out on any streets or any yeah. of that. I just wasn't qualified. Like, we would go to one club, and yeah. they would have to split up and get what they could, and then yeah. I would go back to the place, and I'm hiding in the closet with the gun, and yeah. as long as she don't have a problem, I don't come out the closet. <laughs> that,
0: that's what you did for all of them? Yeah, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a two
0: bedroom, and uh, so you never had to come out of the closet. I did. You did. Yeah, I did. Yeah,
1: I did. But not as often as you would imagine.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, but I guess the willingness to to do that and the ability to do that created some sort of sense of security that they needed.
1: Yeah, I learned. I learned that. Um, Not being able to trust is a miserable thing, you know, and um, most people in whatever job or position they're in, they're just really looking for some support Mm. and support comes in many ways. It's it's not always financial. A lot of times it's not financial. Yeah. It's emotional support and mental support and just telling somebody that's looking down, hey, don't
0: look like that. You're good. Yeah. You know, or physical support. You know, sometimes you got to stand up for somebody. Right. Or Protect somebody. Or or
1: <clears throat> or if at best let them understand that somebody's gotta be doing that. Yeah. If it's not gonna be you, it's mm. gotta be somebody.
0: Yeah. How long were you in this uh position? Um
1: I'll say a, a year maybe. Yeah. yeah. How do you how do you quit that job? I didn't. I won the comedy competition
0: at the thing. <laughs> And I left. He just left and said, good luck, go find yourself another dude. I didn't say anything. Oh, you didn't even show. Oh, I get it. He disappeared. Yeah. What am I doing? Yeah. So, so then you won the comedy <laughs> competition, and from yeah. from hanging out with five whores, you're on the road with four white guys. <laughs> yep. Doing opening slot, what, five minutes? Five minutes, but I'm the driver, right?
1: So I'm thinking it's a great deal. What year I'm is I'm the that? one driving to the gigs. Yeah, What year? You think? I don't know. I'm 19 now. Figure it out. You can do the math. I don't fucking know. Me neither. I'm not 19 either. I
0: know, but uh, but so, yeah. So but it's
1: before Dan was was cable guy. So it's got to right. be. So this is right, be- because I don't I don't consider myself as starting comedy till 95. Really? <clears throat> yeah, because even though I was doing this then, like I wasn't really doing anything and I'm only doing my same five minutes through this period of time the
0: five minutes you did at the competition right because
1: it's all I had but by the time that there's not that anymore and now I know no I'm finna be a comedian now I need I know white crowds understand where I'm coming from, but I've never had any people of color in any of the audiences that I've been at, so I don't even know how they respond to me. So I go to Sacramento first because it's kind of mixed as far as the population. um, So I was there in Sacramento for um, a year and a half, almost two years. Doing stand up. Uh, doing stand up, and I'm doing old Ironsides yeah. and laughs unlimited. Yeah. And there was um, was there open mic at the uh, uh, at the punchline or no? I I never did oh. open mics at the punchline
0: because was it mostly open I mics or were you doing spots? Oh no, so you didn't do any open so. Mics.
1: Oh well I, I would I would do it any open mic I could. Yeah. It's just the punchline was not um was not in my wheelhouse right. at that time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so So I'm, you're building your act. Right. So then I go from there to Oakland because Oakland is way blacker. Yeah. So once I was able to at least be passable in Sacramento, then I moved to Oakland. Right. To find out, okay, well, if they think I'm funny, how funny do they think I am? Yeah. Like, is it the same response or... Yeah. So, yeah. So, Oakland, two years. Yeah. Then Los Angeles. So, Oakland was the testing ground. Right. Yeah. And it was everything it
0: could be. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. How so?
1: Well, I knew that... Um, People that I admired and respected from all walks of life uh, creatively had been able to come to that Oakland Bay area and get something from there that subsided them. So, like, um, my favorite guy was um, uh, Jack London. Yeah. Right? The writer. Right. The writer. Yeah. Yeah. White Fang. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because... um, I knew his story, and then I knew his story, and then I knew the stories that he wrote as well. And then Tupac um, had already detailed his experiences and so it was a thriving place uh for hip-hop and it was uh, a cultural mecca for african-americans just because of uh black panthers and for education berkeley and then so yeah it it was um it it comedically it was a real birthing place where were you working um, I was hosting at uh, Jeffrey's Inner Circle. Uh-huh. I had a club um, in Jack London Square called The First Stop, uh-huh. and then I had a night at Hunter's Point yeah. in San Fran. Yeah, and um, yeah, Bo's Bounty. Wow. And then I was on the radio in the mornings with Rick Chase. Yeah. People thought I was getting paid, but I was just going in there for free, doing music parodies and whatever. Yeah, Sure. So
0: So we built in a
1: following. Right. I'm I'm a single father at this time. So I got a nine-month-old baby. It's just me and the baby. I got no family. Wow. So, you know, everywhere I'm with this stroller with the gun in the the pamper bag. But, yeah we are really hitting the grind at that point and I meet uh, Mark Curry during that period of time Uh I meet Linnell during that period of time Uh Uh, a lot of the comics that are in Los Angeles are flying out there to do our shows in Oakland so I'm able to see what the
0: bar is like yeah like who uh, Mark Uh, Curry he's he's a hell of a craftsman what a journeyman
1: yeah Right. Yeah, but those are the guys I respect. That's what sure. I'm saying. That's why you're a real icon uh, in the comedy streets. Well, thanks, man. Because that that journeyman thing, yeah. like people just don't make it. Yeah. And they don't make it based on their jokes. Yeah, we talking about. Yeah, people that was writing when you met them. Yeah, and they're still writing. That's and they're right. Still an original voice. There's no knockoffs of them. Yeah, you know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Who else were you? Who else made impact when you're watching? Like, who were you <laughs> fans of? During we this had, period, yeah, yeah. When you kind of man, my whole growing. life, my whole life,
1: I, I, I just been a comedy fan. Yeah, like that was my genre. Yeah, you know. So yeah. I never, I never put it black or white, sure. just because I was, li- I, I didn't know it was broken up. I didn't realize that everybody was making money. Like yeah. I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't put all of that together. I just knew that whatever, I just knew that. That Don Knotts guy, yeah, like, whatever he's in, like, he's giving me everything that he's got. And he really wants me to laugh and he wants it bad. And he'll do any, like, you know, I, yeah, I love, I love that part of it, you know? Don Knotts. Yeah. Comedy is that type of lane. You know how sure, Richard Pryor became our king. Yeah, like, yeah. In what lane is a crackhead that sets himself on fire, has ten marriages, yeah. gonna be the king? of No. Comedy is a special, special ground, you know? Yeah.
0: For sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: just like that Don Knotts made it in. Oh, man. He's high up there. Yeah. Not just made it in. No, I just made it and also
0: I gotta assume that you're driving Jenny around he was no slouch Jenny could turn that shit on that that dude was the mafia
1: yeah dude that that was yeah the crazy part is they told me so I win this competition I'm now on the road with these guys I've never been a comic before I've never been in the industry before I didn't go to college I didn't go to high school I got accepted to college when I was 12 as far as Now I'm with these professionals, right? And I can't understand the work ethic of these guys. Like, I'm the one driving, and we're getting up at butt crack in the morning doing and the driving we're driving five states away so we can get somewhere do radio yeah then go do this thing at this little station uh this little morning television yeah. station and, right. and they're going in and yeah. doing 15 minutes a piece or yeah. whatnot and then we're coming back to this two-bedroom condo and then in two hours It's time to start going to the show, and these guys are ready, and they're going, and then we go to the club, and we're there all night, and we're drinking, and then we're back, and it's time to do it again. And I tell you, I I have probably done 30 dates, and I'm like, these guys. Are monsters, like how like I gotta get my shit together, like these old white guys are working me like I can't even barely keep up, yeah. like <laughs> so they later told me, yeah, we were all on speed, <laughs> we were all doing speed, everybody but you <laughs> yeah, I had no clue, I had no clue what was going on, I thought this was how. The comedy life was so. They I, were they were all on speed. No, that's the story they told me. <laughs> we don't believe Foxworth. Uh, no, no, I
0: can't imagine that. Uh, but, but great uh, guys. Oh yeah, well yeah. Good guys learn comedy. from Real me. workers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after Earl Oakland, yeah, you're ready. You're you're primed. Right. You um, come down here, and they're kicking me out of there. Out of at Oakland? the same time,
1: I've I've decided that you know. Me and this group of yeah. eight comics, we are as good as eight comics in Los Angeles. Who are the eight that you were with? Um, I don't want to...
0: They still still with us in the game? That's a good question.
1: Okay, so yeah, it was eight. I used to hold comedy classes and whatnot, just yeah. a real incubator, you know, just yeah. where we you could come in and let us hear your set, and let's help this person with their set and get this, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, hey, maybe you shouldn't wear that. Yeah. You know, so we had this group, and we had decided we are going to make the exodus, and um, so I think the people that end up actually leaving on the first slate were myself and Linnell Mm -hmm. and Rodney Perry. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, but eventually... Uh, more than half finally made it out there, but yeah it was um uh, it was a walk on faith. everybody had already heard the stories about what happens if you that you can go to l a and get chewed up and spit out in record time, yeah, uh, especially around this time, so we just wanted to make sure that we were funny enough and um how'd it go yeah, you got down here and where 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 were you working was the uh uh, I got a room at the Hollywood Park Casino. And um, so, for, so I was doing uh, Cat House Live from the Hollywood Park Casino. And I had a room on Van Eyes and Van Owen. we uh, uh, jokingly referred to as the Bucket of Blood yeah. because of the fact there was a fight every night. But yeah, uh, we had a little club there and then the Hop in Lakewood. Um, We had comedy there, so So you would you would be the producer, the producer, the host, yeah, and the uh, yeah.
0: So you just carved out your own shit, and then you know, so you could get.
1: I learned from um, Oakland and Sacramento that as a comedian, if you, it's all about stage time, right? And you either have to um, find a means to guarantee yourself stage time, yeah. Or guarantee yourself stage time, right? So I knew that I was funnier than the other comics because I knew that my audience wouldn't let me do the same jokes this week because they all came out and saw me last week. Right. They're not gonna let me talk about what I talked about last week, even though it's funny, right? So even as a host, I'm having to regenerate this material. Riff, and yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, that's the way to do it. I mean, if you can do it, to force yourself into that position,
1: yeah, you know, to where you have to. Change it up. I was coming in comedy old already. You know, it was com- comics yeah. that had been doing it since they were sixteen years old, and you know, I'm 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 at that point 22, 23 years, twenty four, of like that. I mean, Comedically, I'm nah. saying,
0: well, I mean, understand that's the right.
1: Correct. by the by the time I'm on wilding out, I'm yeah. the, on the the young show. Yeah. I'm thirty one. <laughs> <laughs> you get it, yeah, but that's all right, man. That's the fountain of youth. This is what I paid. Yeah, for. but look at,
0: yeah, I mean, but you know, look at the life you led. I love age. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, I don't mind it either. Yeah. I've never. I cannot so be good. shamed on my age. Me like, neither. I tell people every single time I was given the opportunity to die young, I passed it up. Like, you
0: and me both. I'll take all the days. Yeah, I. Uh, yeah, I. I've never felt more comfortable. Right.
1: Yeah, but even when I was young, I wanted to be older. Yeah, yeah, I was always old. Yeah, yeah. I thought that my end was near Yeah, because I would be perfectly fine, and then I would get in these situations where my eyes would die, like I would be on stage. And you know how when you get sweat in your eye, it it would start like that, but by the end of it, I literally can't see, right? Yeah. So I'm like oh. <laughs> <laughs> So this is so the, I'm thinking <laughs> I'm, and all day I'm tracking it I'm fine all day. Yeah. It's only happening when I'm on stage yeah. and I'm like <laughs> oh man like my eyes <laughs> I'm 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 going to go blind yeah. while I'm on, okay yeah I needed <laughs> glasses. <laughs> everything's okay the doctor now. was like haven't you been having excruciating headaches
0: yeah. I was like I thought everybody was <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't yeah. realize so you just decided down here you're not gonna do the shit at the comedy store you're not gonna try to you know run through the ranks and all that you're just gonna call your own I shots I did you did yeah I did yeah they my competition didn't mm. I
1: did I yeah. think I was the last person to actually have to do the ranks but yeah I'm um you know I'm in line at yeah. the Laugh Factory. Oh, yeah, yeah, getting in there. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm, I I had to do all of that. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, but I I didn't do the Comedy Store because my first interaction with Mitzi yeah sh- scared me, <laughs> okay. so I didn't want to be a, a regular <laughs> at the Comedy Store because she <laughs>
0: that's supposed to get you, man. She agreed. She agreed to see me. Yeah, right. Yeah, so
1: I go up. And I do my time and I do the exact amount of minutes I'm supposed to do. Right. And I was hilarious. Right. Yeah. I get off the stage. I know I did great because I've been watching her from the stage. Yeah. She's having a great time. She's clapping when I get back to the seat. Yeah. She says, that was great. I didn't expect that. Uh Uh-huh. I was like, I've done it. (laughs) Like, I can't believe this. I didn't have to do anything. I've done this. Yeah. She was like, yeah come back tomorrow, I'm going to watch you again just to make sure it's not a fluke.
0: Okay. Okay? Yeah.
1: The next night, I'm there at the time I'm supposed to be. I go on stage. I kill it again. I come out. I come off the stage. I go to this table. I sit down next to Missy, and she goes, Who are you? Uh I said, Missy, I was here yesterday, and I killed it, and you loved it. She said, I don't know about that. Uh, I'll have to see you again. I was like, yeah, no. Uh Yeah, I can't.
0: Do you think she was uh, the beginning of her sickness, or that she was fucking Yeah, I didn't know she had a sickness. Oh, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: I'm certain that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, She wasn't Uh, being funny. Yeah, yeah. So... So you so, didn't want to
0: deal with that, erratic. but I loved
1: the comedy store. and yeah. remember there was Fat Tuesdays, and oh, yeah. there was and um, Bud, Friendman, f- Bud Friedman, Bud Friedman, yeah. was a was very friendly to me, yeah. And um, Chick Hearn's was a yeah, f- my other LA friend. Yeah. So,
0: so did you do Fat Tuesdays? Was that in your yeah. time? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: good time. Yeah, I'm doing the Hollywood Park uh, Casino. I'm doing that on Wednesday. Yeah, and you know, yeah. They're doing theirs on Tuesday, and Monday is um, was the
0: chocolate night. Uh, at the uh, Improv? At the Improv. Yeah. yeah, and was it was that Comedy Union open yet? Or, uh, what was there it? was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was that the, what it was called, down yeah, on Pico? It, uh-huh, yeah, Pico yeah. and
1: La Brea. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the Comedy Union. I was also doing clean comedy at... Um, M and M soul food where we do it for church people. Really, I did that. Mm-hmm. How? What right. just? Uh, how? How are you at the clean? I'm funnier clean.
0: <laughs> when was the last time you did some clean comedy?
1: I love clean comedy. Do you separates the men from the boys. Because you can't, you can't, you have to take out all of your sexual material. You have to take away all your innuendo. Yeah. You have to take away drinking or smoking or any of that. Yeah. So. What are you left with? Okay. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to. Can still do the chicken bit. Tell who's funnier. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Under those parameters.
0: Can do the Taco Bell bit.
1: You can do well. I I I can do I can do a complete Bible bit, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you should do that. that. I'll be able to read. You it. should
0: record. Do you, if you you know how much, well, not that it matters I want to
1: read black people the Torah. They really would. Yeah, you should. You should do, they, they, try, would, do they it they in Hebrew. It. Really impress
0: people. <laughs> right. You just lost all the black people. <laughs> I know. Do it in Hebrew. I, I know. I know. I lost all the black people. I know we don't have a big uh, not big Hebrew following. Not
1: gonna. We would take the class. They don't offer it to us. Yeah. Isn't that racism? I we
0: I you know what? I you know I'm going to look into it. I'm saying. Yeah, I hear you. French and Spanish are well represented. I don't know fucking Hebrew, dude. I can read it kind of maybe. I had to do it for my bar mitzvah, but it's not we don't all get it. We're not brought up with it. Yeah, you're still allowed to be lazy.
1: That's a part of free choice. It's just the fact that there's a system set up to mm. um, to take a 12-year-old boy and teach him life things before he becomes a man.
0: In a different language that he doesn't understand. and, if, and At all. Yeah, zero. Because for yeah.
1: a black person, you're generally 26 and you're in jail before multiple people people get together and tell you things that might help you. Yeah. <laughs> in <clears throat> in a real circumstance. Right. Like it's not a part of any tradition for right. anybody to help you out and make sure you Right. don't screw this up. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I like to take all of those things from um other cultures and to somehow bring that to
0: my people. Yeah. It seemed like there was a—it seems like a lot of times there's kind of almost a preacher position that you take at times with bits. I don't yeah. want to. Right. It's to my
1: chagrin. I I wish there was somebody else that that out there that if they found out that something was the truth right. and that— People was being lied to that they would run back and go, "Hey, guess what, guys?" Yeah, right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I I wish that that was a politician, or I wish that there was some activist person that that's what they did, or any of that. But um, in this reference, it's me, right? I'm that guy, right? So my obligation is that, and so
0: um, yeah. Do you feel like it, it is a, um, not a burden, but a gift or or a mission in a way? If it is, I'll take it. Sure. Yeah, I'm saying
1: it has to either have a point or it's automatically pointless. Yeah. So, But it, sometimes it can just be funny. Yeah, we have to dip it in that sauce at every, at every point. That's what, that's what makes it all go down. That's right, the dipping sauce. Yeah. It's good talking to you, buddy. It was great to be in your presence. I waited a long time.
0: Yes, and I'm so happy to have uh, been in yours as well. Big fan. Thanks, pal. Thank you. There you go. Right? Low key. I was expecting a cyclone. Go to CatWilliamsLive.com for info about his 2023 and Me national tour, which kicks off this Friday. And please hang out for a second, will you? Okay, folks, for full Marin subscribers this week, we're going to post a second live music mixtape. This is when we take live performances from the show and turn them into a unique playlist. This one has music from Richard Thompson, Bob Mould, Lou Barlow, Karen Kilgariff, Tenacious D, Father John Misty, and the wizard uh, J. Maskus. Listen to me, I can't wait to see you, I can't wait to be you, I can't wait. The pain's on me. I can't wait. There you go. We'll be posting that tomorrow. So sign up for the full Marin if you want to get all our bonus content, plus ad free access to every WTF episode in your podcast feed. Go to the link in the episode description to sign up or click on the WTF plus link at WTFpod.com. On Thursday, I talked to my Two Leslie co-star, Andrea Riceboro, the genius And right now, I want you to listen to something I composed with the fellas, Uh, me and Brandon Schwartzel and uh, Ned Brower and uh, Danny Nogueras over at Balboa Recording Studio in Glassell Park. But uh, we did this primarily for entrance music and credit music for my HBO special. And uh, this is The Riff. Lives. Monkey. LaFonda. Cat angels everywhere.